Calling all detectives. When a shrub won first prize at a flower show, its owner was awarded death. That is the situation on this page for my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, private detective. A private detective like me, Jerry Browning, never knows when or where crime is going to blossom out. The spring flower show had got a lot of publicity, and the gate was good. I elbowed my way through bunches of elderly ladies cooing over weird arrangements of leaves and rocks and lumps of coal, past booth after booth filled with trick garden gadgetry, and finally, near a magnificent display of early flowering bulbs and shrubbery, I found Harvey Elliott, the man in charge of exhibits. Browning, remember I'm paying you well to keep an eye out for any little trouble. Flower shows are peculiar things. The petty rivalry is intense. seeds of jealousy are sown. Frankly, this show is, I know, a thorn in your side. Don't worry, Mr. Elliott. I'll nip any trouble in the bud. I walked away from Harvey Elliott, followed the crowd to a booth marked Whitfield Farm. It was a spectacular exhibit. One magnificent bush about ten feet high. The exhibitor from the adjacent booth leaned over. That oleander is undoubtedly best of show. I'm a magnolia man myself, George Gilman's name. Maybe you've heard of me. Dog lover, flower fancier. I specialize in Solangiana and Grandiflora. I had to admit I'd never heard of Gilman or his plants. But that didn't seem to bother the gabby guy. Yes, Whitfield's outranked me again. Don't know how he gets an oleander to bloom this early. I grinned, watched the proud owner of the oleander pat the shrub and feed it. A nice, gooey mix of chemical fertilizer. I actually heard him coax it to eat hearty. I walked away, baffled by the way people can let their hobbies ride them. I strolled to a display of garden furniture, thinking to myself, This job is a cinch. I thought too soon, because just then, I heard a woman scream hysterically. I dashed toward the sound of it, found an even bigger crowd clogging the space around the Whitfield booth. And in the center, next to his beloved Oleander, lay Harry Whitfield with a knife in his back. Hired to watch out for minor trouble at a flower show, I ran into real crime when an exhibitor was murdered. The police did their best, but there wasn't anybody in the mob around the Whitfield booth who really knew anything. It's always easier to kill somebody with 60 witnesses around than with one or two. Well, there was always the knife. That was identified by a salesman for the Little Gem Company in booth 42A. Yep, that's one of ours. Sold over a gross since the show opened at 79 cents. That was just dandy. It meant there were probably over a hundred Little Gem knives in the crowd at that very moment. I walked over to Harvey Elliott, the man who'd hired me. Browning, you were hired to prevent trouble. I gulped. But what I was swallowing was pride. Mr. Elliott... I'm not even going to try to apologize, but to promise you, I'll get the killer. Keeping that promise was something else. I talked to the cops. What about the knife, any prints? No, it's clean as a lily. <laughs> the case is a daisy. Even the cops were getting flower happy. I brooded about that and the fact that it was still cold outside. It'd be perfectly natural for anyone to be wearing gloves. Anyone, that is, who came to the show as a visitor. I felt fine about that logic until I learned just how wrong it was. According to George Gilman, the exhibitor in the booth next to Whitfield's, Gloves, Mr. Browning, every gardener wears them, not only for working around cactus and spiny stuff, but for planting and pruning and just plain buttering. See, I'm wearing them. Okay, so I decided to try a new angle. 
the motive. Flower-growing rivalries might be strong, but not strong enough for murder. I left the show, spent the next couple of days checking into Whitfield's background, learned that he was strictly a gentleman farmer. His real business, and profitable too, was plastics. Mrs. Whitfield was going to be a rich widow. I parked my car in the driveway of the Whitfield farm in the shade of what must have been the original spreading chestnut tree. Started to walk up to the house. But a big German shepherd dog vetoed that idea. He kept barking and holding me at bay until... King! Down, King! Down, I say! A man dressed in overalls and carrying a big pruning shield came running over, grabbed the dog. Yeah, I'm sorry, sir. King has been trained to keep strangers off the ground. Yeah, I'm Simpson, the gardener. Who'd you wish to see? I identified myself, asked for Mrs. Whitfield. Well, she's resting, sir. You go inside. She'll be down in a minute. I, I want to finish pruning this oleander. It was Mr. Whitfield's pride and joy. Needs a little going over the way they sent it back from the show. I went inside, sat down, and while I waited, picked up a fat gardening encyclopedia. Learned that the big tree where my car was parked couldn't have been a chestnut. That species has been practically blighted out of America. I read a lot more stuff, and then Mrs. Whitfield came down the stairs. She was a tall, graceful woman, and lines of grief were deep on her face. She had no idea why anyone would want to kill her husband, and said that as soon as she could, she was going to dispose of this property. The associations were too painful. I felt like a heel, so I cut the interview short. When I got outside, I noticed that Simpson had finished pruning the oleander and had disappeared. But the dog was still there. Only this time, he wasn't barking at me. There was another visitor coming up the path. I recognized him as George Gilman, the exhibitor. Hey, I want to buy this place. Call out the dog. I can't. He's not mine. Confounded beast runs me off every time I come near the place. Right, maybe I can distract him. He bent down, picked up one of the short, cut-off branches of the oleander, and held it up. Here, dog. Chew on this. Go ahead, pitch. He flung the stick and the dog leaped after it. No, King, no. Come back here. Now, stick it. Both Simpson and Mrs. Whitfield came running. I pulled King off the cowering Gilman, and then I let him have it. Gilman, you're a murderer. You just tried to kill this dog. The flowers, leaves, and bark of the oleander are pure poison. I just read that in the book. But every flower grower knows it. This dog has chased you before because Whitfield didn't want you on his property. If you'd kill a dog, you'd kill a man. You say you love animals, but you tried to kill this one. And if you could kill a dog, why not his master? I was right. Gilman did kill Whitfield. He was his rival in business as well as flower growing. Whitfield's firm was gradually ruining his, and Gilman decided to eliminate competition the hard way. Perhaps he'd have got away with it if he hadn't wanted to possess that prize oleander, too. Funny thing, it was Gilman's hobby that clinched the case against him. He was identified by the knife salesman who told the police that Gilman had said he wanted the knife to cut out a vicious growth. Well, Gilman confessed after that, and I sort of squared myself with Harvey Elliott. Like I said, you never know where crime is going to blossom, but you can be sure that justice always reaps the harvest. <laughs> 